Welcome to another episode of Comedy Land Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime co-hosts, Ms. Purrington and Mookie. Those are my cats. Uh, ComedyWam.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you art- um, articles, album reviews, our advice column, Rochelle Takes on Comedy, our upcoming festivals page, listing festivals from across the country and the world, and our 2023 Cap City Comedy Club FPIA contest page is live posting results as they happen. We're best known for our events page for live comedy shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW, where 100% of the entries you see come from comics and producers. If you want your show featured on the calendar, click submit a show from the top of our homepage or events page to complete the short survey. It's free and easy. Tag us on your Instagram stories and we'll share your show promo to our Instagram followers. Want to support these resources that we provide? You can donate to Comedy Wham on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Click the Support CW icon on our homepage to see the ways that you can help us. Now back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and we usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the comedy scene as fascinating off stage as it is on stage. And if you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, we are talking to somebody who is based in Los Angeles, and she's trained at Second City in Chicago, among many places that she's trained. Uh, She is a 2022 Just for Laughs New Faces comic. You might have seen her Comedy Central featured set recently. Or maybe you've seen her on BET channels, Games People Play. Or maybe like me, you've seen her as a guest star on Abbott Elementary. Uh, She comes to us because she is uh, getting an August release of her LMAOF, which is OnlyFans, everybody. Uh, Her (laughs) Los Angeles episode is out this August, as I mentioned. And uh, LMAOF features the up-and-coming comedians of OnlyFans TV, and has traveled across the country. I know Austin has a couple of episodes. Chicago has some, New York, and of course, the Los Angeles edition. And now Comedy Wham presents our guest, Brandy Denise. Hello, hello. Thank you for sitting through that long introduction. No, it's fine. It's great. Uh, You're based in LA, but you did a lot of training in Chicago. I did. Yeah um go ahead no just uh tell us um I'm actually planning a trip to Chicago and I used to live in Chicago for about 10 years okay I'm a big big fan of Second City as a fan you know as a as an audience member so it's always cool when I hear somebody that's you know trained there but you you performed all over Chicago yeah I did um I started in Florida but I moved to Chicago in 20. 11. I was there for seven years before I moved to LA. So um, I went to Second City. I was in the conservatory. I went to a couple of other improv schools out there as well. But like Chicago is really where I got like my comedy wings in terms of like stand up. I did improv just to get better at stand up. Um, Mm. And obviously it's like helped in other parts of my career, such as acting. Um, But Chicago is my favorite city. I'll be there again in September, um, headlining the comedy bar. September 15th through the 17th and so I like yeah yeah so a a great town 
Yeah. Um, let me let me actually uh, that was just a little bit of a teaser of questions. I actually do have an official icebreaker question, and that is one word to describe your past. Um, <laughs> uh, meaningful. <laughs> I use meaningful. Hmm. Why do you think you chose that word? Um. I feel like everything, all the mistakes, all the wins mm. meant a lot. They brought me to where I'm at right now. So, you know, I don't feel like anything happens to you. Everything happens for you. Ooh, very insightful. Yeah. Uh, I almost thought that part of, of the the story for that behind that word was in, and you, you have a bit that's, you know, anybody can go catch uh, on your YouTube channel or wherever, where you talk about being a social worker. Mm -hmm or a comic did you find that work meaningful while you were doing it um yeah it was definitely like a job where I felt like I was helping um you know giving back and helping people also jobs like that um much like comedy you know you're you're, you're giving a lot you know it's a lot of energy like a lot of energy that you're um uh, absorbing from others yeah so um, I went to school to study political science. I landed with the state of Illinois and I'm very grateful for that job and those experiences and the people I met. Some of the people I work with are still very, very close to me till mm -hmm. this day. And so I was very um, grateful for that experience. But also it like kind of helped me just have a sustainable like lifestyle while I pursue comedy at night. And so once I got to a point where I was able to you know, eat off of comedy, uh, let that job go. And I just feel like life is different chapters. And it was a chapter that I'm very fortunate for. Um, also, shout out to all the people who do that work, because it's not easy. No, I mean, just just from depictions on TV, which, you know, of course, TV is not all all what you see is, is true. But you know, they that's a that's a very difficult job. Yeah, absolutely. Not enough resources, too big of a caseload. Mm -hmm. That's that's a that's angels work. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, it's one of those jobs where I feel like even with comedy, it's like you go in, you do as much as you can, and then you leave it on the stage, and you just come back the next day and revisit what you left. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that you went to college for uh, with, uh, for political science. Did you? Um, well, actually, let me ask this first. What role did comedy have in your life growing up? Um, I always, so we, I grew up in a military family. Ah. So we moved around a lot. And I realized that at a young age, moving around a lot, that being funny kind of helped me reacclimate myself in new environments. Mm. And so moving from school to school or state to state or any situation like that, you know, for a lot of kids, it would be hard to make friends. And I was just like, oh, if I'm funny, mm. it's like easier to make friends. And um, definitely that. And then I think when I got to around middle school, I started to discover comedy, but I was, but I didn't know what it was. Like, I remember um, getting my hands on like Adam Sandler's albums when I was like in high school. Huh. And I didn't know that it was like parody comedy back then. But I know I used to come home from school and I would write parody songs. And wow. this was like at the age of 13, but I didn't know I was writing comedy, you know? And so I think like just 
being who I was, exploring the things that I've explored, it was like, oh, I've been into comedy for a very long time. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't aware of that until I got older and I actually pursued it. Hmm. So even through through high school and college, you just, you know, would were a fan of comedy. Yeah, but it wasn't like I was sitting and watch stand up. Um, I also read like Wanda Sykes books, Chelsea Handler books. It was just things that I was naturally drawn to, but it wasn't like I don't remember watching a lot of stand up, but I was but I was drawn to comedians and their other um, creative outlets. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I, I interviewed a comic once who who said when they uh, started realizing that they wanted to perform comedy, they spent a lot of their time not watching stand up specials, but reading the autobiographies that they okay. would write because they got, you know, some great insights from doing that. So that's kind of cool. Um, and Wanda Sykes is just amazing. I, we, I religiously watch any new special that she, she has. Absolutely. She's just amazing. Absolutely. So when did the, the light strike for you that, you know, maybe you'd like to perform this thing that you've had this kind of sideways, you know, on the side relationship with? Um, I think my parents were very encouraging of um, doing anything. So growing up, I did a lot of things. Um, I was in pageants. I did poetry. I I hosted talent shows. I sang. So I was always on stage, gymnastics. I was always on stage, but I was never really good at a lot of it. I was just like, okay. <laughs> and then um, when I got to college, just a lot of people were like, you should be a stand-up comedian, which, you know, I'm like 19, 20. I didn't know it was a real job. Yeah. So um, I think my final year uh, in college, my senior year, I went to a comedy show and I remember sitting at the table and just kind of like tagging the comedians, like tagging his joke, like every joke. But I was doing it at the table with the people around me. So they were laughing a lot. Obviously, like as a comedian now, I would hate if somebody did that to me. <laughs> I was like at the table killing. And so after the show, they're like, yo. She is funny. And he's like, yeah, everybody want to be a comedian when they see you doing comedy. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, this is a I, I just was like, oh, I could do what he does. And then um, I had one semester left of school. I said I wasn't going to do it until I got my degree. I was the first person in my family to get a college degree. And so um, I got my degree. And like two weeks later, I was on stage at the Comedy Zone in Tallahassee, Florida. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and I didn't stop. I never stopped. I literally never stopped. Did you have any any clue about, you know, what it meant to to go on stage that first night? I had practiced my set so much. I actually still have my first set. It's cringeworthy, but um I knew I had a perspective, mm -hmm. but um uh, it was I didn't bomb. I have a lot of personality, so it's like even if the jokes don't hit the personality, will carry it over. Sure. And so um yeah, I wasn't, I didn't know like, oh, I'm going to be doing this for the next 10 to 12 years. I didn't think that. I was just like, oh, let me try this. But also, I don't like uh, not doing well at things. And so wow. if I start something, I'm like, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. I'm like, yeah, I got to I got to do this right. Yeah. Yeah. So Tallahassee for how long? Um. I was in Tallahassee for a year after I graduated and then I moved to Chicago and then I was in Chicago for seven 
and I've been out here for five. So was, it's like around 12. Yeah. And, and since you, you do have that knack of, of the, you know, you, you tag things just kind of as a, as, as a natural reaction to, to hearing comedy and, and you, you had the personality uh, were you starting to get momentum at, at after that one year in Tallahassee? Um, I, I knew that I, I knew that I was, I knew that I would be good. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like the best, but I knew that I would be good. And then like, um, just kind of gauging the audience reactions. I just felt like I kept getting better and better. And then I was like, oh, okay, I was something I want to take serious. And so I knew I wasn't going to stay in Tallahassee because I'd already gotten my degree. I wasn't going back home. That wasn't an option um, just because I didn't want to go back home. But I was like, okay, well, I'm either going to go to New York, Chicago or L.A. And I remember reading that Conan O'Brien said, like, Chicago's where you go to get your comedy wings. Hmm. And I I kind of took that and ran with it because I didn't want to go to L.A. and get um, get lost in the shuffle because I was so new. And sure. I didn't want to go to New York um, just because I'm not a huge fan of New York. It's too busy. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I was like, I'm going to go to Chicago. I'm going to take these comedy writing classes, take these comedy improv classes and just get on stage. And like, yeah, I went to Chicago and like after years and years, I was like started headlining shows, started. I was in a, a comedy musical. I was the lead of a comedy musical. Um, I got into the conservatory, my first audition, which is like not normal. And then um, this opportunity started coming in and then. I feel like in Chicago, I kind of reached my ceiling. And I feel like because I came from a military background, I was really used to relocating and reestablishing myself in new places. Uh So a lot of people go somewhere like a Chicago and be like the big fish in Chicago, which is great. But it was like, no, it's something bigger than Chicago. And so once I started, like really, once I got into all the clubs in Chicago, like Jamie Masada passed me at the Laugh Factory in Chicago, I want to say like in 2000, maybe 15. And I was like, okay, I'm past the Laugh Factory. So I know that if I go to another city, I can get into the Laugh Factory. So I just started like plugging all the dots. Mm-hmm. Like I come from, uh, you know, college and then I worked for the government. So I feel like that really helped me be able to like figure out like the the dots and like how to get to where I needed to go next. Like in terms of like building up in a business, you know, like if you're working for a company and it's like, okay, well, I work in New York, but I know that like all the top executives work in Japan, then I'm going to relocate to Japan yeah. and, and figure it out. And so I came out to, to LA after Chicago and like my first year was really good. I had a lot of people vouching for me and I didn't come to Chicago like, um, <laughs> excuse me, I didn't come to Chicago like, um, I mean, I didn't come to LA as an uh, open micer. Mm-hmm. A lot of people go to a new city and they start from the bottom. I, I came in very confident, probably overly confident but I was like, um, yeah, I yeah, I would go to shows and like, I'm funny, put me on your show. So I, I definitely have a, a <clears throat> and it's almost like people want to challenge it. Like, oh, she has a little, like a lot of confidence. Let's just see, you yeah. know? So, um, what's what I want to say? It's like, uh, you know, fake it till you make it really. So I came out here very confident and um, things started moving pretty good. I came out here and started you know, six mics a week doing the clubs. I was doing the improv. I was doing Laugh Factory. Um, I was able to get up on some of like the coveted spots just from networking and people knowing me from Chicago. Chicago is a very tight knit comedy group. Yeah. So if you go any other cities, they like look out for you there. 
And so I was a part of that family. And a lot of people, like I said, vouched for me. And um, yeah, my first year I got a manager. And then like, I think first year and a half, I got like my first TV role. It was just like all very organic. It all came from stand up. Yeah. I wasn't like, oh, I want to move to LA and be an actress. Like, no, they saw me doing stand up and was like, do you want to audition? Oh, wow. Because that was one of my questions. Questions is so did you, did you part was part of the LA pictures to become an actress or at least? No, to, it was not. And up until I think I had been like maybe on like four or five TV shows before I started saying I'm an actress. Mm. Everybody was like, well, you're on, you're a comedian. I'm like, I'm not an actress. I'm a comedian. They just put me on TV. Like, stop <laughs> saying that. It's like putting pressure on me. I had never taken acting classes. I was like, I'm not, a, I'm not an actress. Once I got my series regular and I had to relocate and like film like 10 episodes, I'm on set every day. I was like, okay, I'm an actress. This is real work. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm an actress now. Given how organic and quickly things seem to move once you got to to L.A., do you, I, I mean, how do you, you, you joke to the fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you pinch yourself sometimes that these things are, are, are landing for you that you, you seem goal oriented for sure, but uh, does it surprise you? Did it surprise you that you, these things were landing? I don't think so. It didn't surprise me. And even the things that are coming, they don't surprise me. I don't talk about the things that I want often, but my friends like to call me a master manifester. Mm. I like write a lot of stuff down and like, like it's crazy. So I'll give you like a quick, it's not quick, but when I did comedy for a year in Tallahassee, I knew I wanted to go to second city. I'm a researcher. I research everything to the 10th degree very analytical, break it down, figure out how to get there, right? All the routes. Love it. So I, um, yeah, it's not just talent. You got to put the work in. And so I realized the Second City had a outreach program for diversity students sponsored through Puma. So I was like, I'm gonna get that scholarship so I can go move to move to Chicago, get a job, go to Second City for free. Cause I, I didn't know how much it was, but I was like, I don't want to pay. And so I did the sketch. I remember um, I actually shot it in George Clinton's studio Wow. Uh, it was crazy because I ended up, I was like a friend of his videographer. And he's like, oh, George Clinton thinks you're funny. Like he said, you could just studio for whenever. And I shot this sketch called Puma Pat. And my mom helped me. We went to Michael's. We got this fabric. I like created this whole like Pat suit. And I was a Puma. Like in the interview, I was like trying to like be the new Puma on the shoe. So uh-huh. I like personified a, a Puma on the side of a Puma shoe. So I sent it to the second city. And I like literally told everybody like, yeah, I'm moving to Chicago. I got the scholarship. Nobody told me I got shit. So (laughs) in my head, I'm like, that was top tier. I know I got it. Like little delusionals at times. And so um, packed up my car, moved to Chicago, $800, didn't have a job. My mom helped me drive up there. I get to Second City. I get to Chicago and they tell me I didn't get it. (gasps) Uh Uh-oh. I, I, it's like fine. I was like, I, well, I'm here. I'm, I'm probably still gonna figure it out. But I go to Second City. I go up there, and I'm like, hey, can I speak to the person over the diversity and outreach program, which is Deanna Griffins? And they're like, oh, she's not here. Like, do you have a question? I was like, yeah, I applied for the outreach program, and I just like wanted to know why I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, who are you? Or what are you? What? Like, and so they're like, what's your name? So the guy comes back and uh, it was her assistant at the time. He's a director now out here in LA. 
And uh, he comes back and he's like, you know, um, Deanna actually wanted to have two people from out of state. It was you from Florida and a girl from L.A., but Puma didn't give them enough money to fly people in this year. He's like, I wish you had, we wish you had known that you were in Chicago. And I'm like, so that let me know, like I was supposed to get it. And so he was like, but she wants to meet with you anyway. She has an internship. So I set up a meeting with her. I get an internship at Second City. And so I'm her intern and she's over like main say she's over everything. That way I met like um, Chris Red. He put me on my first improv group and like I met a bunch of people, but it was like at that time I wasn't um, I was taking classes, but they were on stage performing. So I'm like literally like, you know, giving them the light, making sure the drinks are set up for auditions, giving them sides, like passing out fruit and shit. And so from there, I like started to establish my network. Um, I definitely feel like People sometimes think they're above learning. And sometimes you might be a little ahead of the learning curve. But for me, I'm never beyond like networking. So even when I moved to L.A., yeah, I have been through Second City Conservatory, I.O. and Annoyance. Like that's three improv schools. I started at level one at UCB just to network mm. to people who were doing the things that I wanted to do to be in those um, those arenas. And so I'm just always putting myself in spaces where I feel like I can grow and learn and like go to the next level. And it's just like, I feel like if it feels good, it'll work out. And so, yeah, it's such a valuable lesson for, for comics that are, that are coming up that, you know, yes, there's a level of, of things being organic, but you do have to be smart about what, what the reality really is out there. So um, it's really super smart to network really bold and confident to just you know knock at the door of second city and say hey can I talk to the person in charge of this program because you make a strong impression and when you have the goods to back it up right then they're like oh man yeah we can't we can't ignore this person they're too Mm -hmm. talented they they know their shit they're they've done homework um so yeah that's so cool that's so cool I'm so curious because of this personality trait that you have like really researching and looking into things is whoever the parent was that was in the military were they like high up in the command chain and so they would just basically boss people around and so you kind of learned to be assertive and and strong in, in that way my mother is very assertive and very um she she's very assertive she's very go with the flow but um, she's, she's definitely assertive. My mother told me, I don't know when she told me this, but she told me this and it's always stuck with me. She said, you can ask anyone, anything, any, all they could tell you is no. And I've taken that everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere. And so, um, even on stage with me, I was performing tonight at comedy magic or last night at comedy Mag- magic. And then uh, one of the comedians said to me, he's like, do you need to get nervous before you go on stage? And I was like, no. And he was like, oh, man, I've been doing this for 20 years. I still get nervous. I said, the way I look at it is like, what y'all going to do? Beat me up? Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes you go to work and you don't have a great day at work. What y'all going to do? Fight me? <laughs> so it's like, I, I, okay, you know, it's going to go how it's going to go. I really definitely just believe in, um, like, what's for me is for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I put the work behind it to make sure as much as I can that it's for me. <laughs> and if it don't work out, then it wasn't for me. Yeah. And I also want to add too, like, and um, I don't say this a lot, but I think um, 
I grew up mostly in white environments. Mm. And so I always had to work harder to stand out. I always had to work harder to stand out. I always had to be more vocal to be heard. And so I think like, it's not unusual for me to like, be very like vocal about the things that I want or even like go harder than the next person. So yeah. if we got to do, you know, 10, we got to write 10 pages. I'm gonna write 20. You know what I'm saying? Just because this is like being a black female just in the world. But then when you add on comedy, it's just so much harder. Like I'm dealing with that now, just even getting into these clubs. But I definitely, you know, my numbers are showing that uh, I'm supposed to be there. So it's like, well, I, if I got to prove it to you, I'm used to proving things to people. So it's just, it's a part of it. Yeah. In, in the 12 years that you've been performing comedy, do you think that things are changing for the Black female? Um, I think so, but I, I almost want to say so because it's like, um, you know, we have prominent figures or people who, who are just cool. Michelle Obama's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, Cardi B is cool. Um, it's just like um, Kamala, you know what I'm saying? And so it's just like the more those women step into the light, I think the more value is seen in the ones who are thriving. And sometimes even when I do shows now, it used to be a whole thing where it's like, oh, we need a female. And I used, I remember I used to like hate when they would put me on the show because they needed a female. And I used to make it my fucking goal to be funnier than every man on that show. So it's not like, you don't see me as a female. You see me the funniest. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think I, it's kind of like carrying a chip, but it's also like push, propelled me forward. Yeah. I've never yeah. just settled in that spot as like a black female comedian. It's like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not a black female comedian. I'm your favorite. You know? Yeah, yeah. In the last couple of years, you, you, you know, on, well, not just couple of years, but you, you know, with the BET show games, people play, you, you know, you, you've gotten a lot of attention. And then um, what, uh, what did you know about the, the JFL festival and how big of a deal the new faces was before you landed it? Um, so I'll, I'll give you an authentic answer. I had auditioned for JFL once or twice in Chicago. I auditioned for it, I think maybe once here. And from my JFL audition, I had agencies interested. I didn't get JFL, but from that audition, from my callback, I signed with a management company. I signed with Brillstein, which landed me on Power and Ghostbook and those things like that. So I just feel like as long as you're in the right environments, you might not get what you're going for, but like... Once I got that, I was like, well, those people doing JFL ain't never been on TV. I'm on the biggest show right now that's on Stars. I'm, I'm 50 Cent is my executive producer. I'm sitting at table reads for 50 Cent. So, you know, whatever the JFL. Yeah. And so JFL came back around. I actually like told my team that I did not want to do it. Oh. Yeah, because at this point, I was like, I think games people play. I was like, I was on 10 episodes. Of, like, I'm number six on the call. She's like, I'm a, I, baby, we good. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I told them no. They called me, my manager and my agent, Brandy. They, 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 they called. They like you should do it. And I was, and, and for me, it was just like I'm not gonna give you another opportunity to tell me that I'm not good enough. And um, they told me I should do it, and I was like, you know, fuck it, I'll do it. I remember dressing up really cute that night, and I remember getting on stage, and my first joke was like, oh, give it up for my outfit. I was like, I did not dress up for y'all. I got a date after this. <laughs> <laughs> I did my set, and I remember texting my uh, team right after. 
I said, I, I said, I'm 99.9% sure that we're going to JFL this year. Uh-huh. And that was on the first one, uh, the first audition. And then I did get a call back, but I remember um, in that moment, it was like, I kind of felt like I kind of left it on the stage. It wasn't like, it was like, well, I see who y'all pick and I see what y'all offer. And it's like, I just bought a Mercedes Benz last year. So like, you know, if, if you're not fucking with me, it's okay. You know? <laughs> and so like, <clears throat> like I said, it's that whole thing of like having to prove myself and having to do things on my own, like very grassrooted. And so um, when I did get it, I was very fortunate. I was really happy to get it, but it also was like, um, a lot of good things came from JFL. I was happy that I got it when I did because I felt like I was ready. Had I gotten it in 2014, it wouldn't have hit the same. Yeah. You know, so I was definitely happy that I got it when I did. And since then, since then, the ball's just been rolling on things. And it also was nice too, because, you know, being a black comedian, I work all the rooms, urban, mainstream. I did the OC. It was fucking, you know, all Republicans in there. I do all the rooms. And I feel like I could speak to everyone. And so it definitely felt like uh, it felt good yeah. because it was like, oh, she's not just a black comedian. You know, um, I was the only black female that they picked for new faces last year that went in repped. And that felt good because I was always like just b- doing comedy on the south side of Chicago. A lot of comedians felt like. Oh, you know, they only picking the comedians who like whitewash or they picking a comedian, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like I'm very much true organic brandy. I went to a historically black college. I got black parents, you know what I'm saying? I grew up in a black family. And so it felt good. It felt like my voice surpassed the color. And so that was a beautiful thing. I was very fortunate for the experience. Um, and yeah, I was happy to showcase for them. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it's worth uh i you know i've been covering watching comedy for almost 10 years now more than 10 years you know uh at the local level about as long at, at the national level and i i always think that jfl is is if i could summarize it it's one of two things the new faces in particular mm-hmm. one is it's to give a boost to that person that's like right on the cusp of starting to blow up at a, at a national level and then the second category is the person that you're about to see this person on the national level all the time. You know, yeah. they, they don't need the boost. They're they're getting there, but this is about to be a household name and you need to know them. Right. Sounds like, you know, you're you didn't need the boost. You are about to blow up at the national level. I mean, it, it definitely worked in my favor because, I mean, around that time, you know, I was already like touring. I had already did colleges and it's like, you know, I'm doing an hour out on the road. You tell me seven minutes. I got a personal trainer. I got an esthetician. <laughs> you know, I went and got my teeth fixed. So I, I'm a transform into a bad bitch. I'm like, yeah, put me on stage. Let's go. <laughs> well, I'm like, all right, this was y'all want. So for me, it was like, um, showcase my stand-up, but also like get in front of these networks and let them know that like, you know, and then I already had the credit TV credits behind me. So it's like, yeah, yeah she's, 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 she's official. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's always fun to look at, you know, the alumni of, of the new faces and to see who, who really is now in, in hindsight, a, a household name and that, you know, they got, they got the little ribbon or a little mm-hmm. trophy, if you will, 
Um, we have, a, I, I mentioned it in my, my intro, we have this local contest that's held by uh, one of the big clubs in town, and it's called the funniest person in Austin. And you can easily count on your hands the number of people that have never won that contest, but who have gone on to do great things. It's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's like having a ribbon in your collection. It doesn't mean you're the funniest person or not the funniest person. It's just this contest. Um, right. I definitely agree with that. Um, because, I mean, you hear the stories where it's like, oh, I was doing this with seven celebrities 20 years ago. And like, nobody knows that person. Yeah. You know? But it's just like to be, um, I feel like it, it mattered to me because I left Chicago on a mission. And so like to get here and actually start executing the things that I wanted. Yeah. yeah. It, it was just like a, a extra boost. And then from that came the Comedy Central thing, which really kind of, like <clears throat> really put my name on the internet. I started in like fans and followers from everywhere. A lot of, a lot more bookings came in. So it just all just started get, getting the ball rolling. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would be remiss if I did not uh, then naturally segue to the OnlyFans, which is the real reason that uh, I even connected with you is your, um, this episode is going to come out in, in August this uh, podcast episode is going to go out in August and you are uh, one of the, the comics that fe- that is being featured for the Los Angeles edition of the LMAOF uh, comedy specials. Uh, so how, how uh, fun of an idea. I mean, the fact that OnlyFans is doing like, you know, comedy specials is just so, you know, it's, it's uh, a creative use of, of their brand. Mm-hmm elevating comics that you know people have their their preconceived notions of what only fans is but the fact that they're expanding to highlight comics is really a smart play yeah absolutely um i got an email from them i was i don't know how they found me hmm. and, um, <laughs> but i was happy that they did and um i just felt like i i really really like this set um, that I did with them. I'm excited for it to come out. It was very raw. It was very just, it was, it was, it was not a typical set that you, it, it's not a set that I would do like on Comedy Central. Uh, it was very raw. Yeah. And I love that I got to do that. And now that I have my OnlyFans channel, I'm definitely utilizing that more to just like showcase more behind the scenes, different elements of myself because I like, don't want to oversaturate my Twitter or my Instagram. So it's like the people who come to my OnlyFans, they really get to see like the day-to-day things that I'm doing and like me getting like, you know, these are the outfit options for my audition. You know what I'm just Like the little, little small things. And so I really like it. I can't wait for it to drop. Um, The whole, everybody over there was extremely nice and supportive. And I don't know. I think it was just really... I don't know. I think maybe because it was like only fans. I just was like, oh, I'm going to let loose. Yeah. And I did let loose. And and I'm really excited for it to come out. Like I was excited for my Comedy Central one. That was more of like a political based set, which is um, not typically my humor. This isn't typically my humor. Yeah, I kind of keep it kind of mainstream, kind of clean a little bit. But this one got dirty. It was like, <laughs> I got a little nasty. And I'm like, yeah, this is this is where I said. And even from the piggybacking off of that, I created a, my own monthly showcase in um, LA called Dirty Sets. Huh. I have comedians come. I play some icebreaker games with the crowd, ask them some little, like, little naughty questions, pass out some like 
massage oils for prizes. And then like I have the comedians come and the comedians, they get, they let loose. It's not, the, it's not a typical set that you'll see like, oh, like we're working on our five minutes for Jimmy Fallon. No, it's not, it's not, it's not that set. Yeah. You know? like, oh, let me tell you about the time. Like I, I, I did this random wild ass thing that I've never talked about on stage. <laughs> so I love the freedom of that show. And so I created that just, huh. I had so much fun with this one. I was like, comedians, I have a space where they could just say whatever the fuck they want to say sometimes. You know, we do live in a parameters, especially being a female. <laughs> it's like, oh, here she goes talking about sex. It's like, yeah, I'm a female in my thirties. I fuck. <laughs> oh, like, you know, the first thing people want to say online is like, that's what she's leaning on. I'm like, baby, I got hours of content online that has nothing to do with sex, but they hear one sexual innuendo and they're just like, that's what she talks about. And so with this space, I was like, I just wanted people to feel like sex positive, sex sexually liberated or whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, huh. Okay, so I uh, I have to ask you about uh, being a guest on on Abbott Elementary because it is one of my my favorite shows. And I... Uh, I did the the Warner Brothers uh, studio tour. This was all before the strike, uh, and got to see like the the backdrop of the front of the elementary school. And I was just the biggest nerd about getting to to watch that. So, uh, how was was uh, that? And was that a, a a super competitive audition process, or did you get tapped on the shoulder? Um, I, the audition came through. Um. I auditioned. Um, I actually hired my acting coach to do that audition. Mm-hmm. And like, like again, this is this is crazy. I hired my acting coach to do the audition. After I did the audition, I uh, sent it to my agent and I said, um, I'm pretty sure I booked this. <laughs> it's like, anything I say, I'm pretty sure I booked. I usually book. Uh-huh. So I was like, I'm pretty sure I booked this. Didn't book it. Oh. Um, and someone else booked it. She got COVID. They called me the night before. Oh. And I had to be on set the next morning. Oh. And so um, I was really fortunate. Um, I had met Quinta a couple of times before, but um, it was really nice to get to actually work with her. And uh, she's very, very sweet. I remember I had to, it's so funny because being a stand-up comedian for 12 years, every role I've ever done on TV has been dramatic. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm doing Abbott Elementary, the biggest comedy on TV right now. I get to be funny. They're like, no, you're going to make Quinta cry. You a bitch. I'm like, all right, let's get to it. And I remember like one take we did. And like, as soon as they said cut, I was like, I am so sorry. Oh. I was like, she was like, no, that's what, we, that's what we hired you for. She's like, but I felt it <laughs> and I was because I I literally like I I don't know what I felt like I was talking to like my worst enemy I was like damn I really dug deep for that I felt I was like give me I was like the, the director came up it was a female she was like do you want to like take a break take a breather I was like no that's what y'all paid me to be here for let's go let's keep it let's keep let's keep running it y'all want me to be mean let's go <laughs> so it was fun it was very quick um usually I'm used to being on set like 12, 10, 12 hours a day. That was like maybe six hours. And then it was, it, the, it was, it was dope because um, I'm also friends with Janelle James who plays uh, the principal. And so like uh, I text Janelle, I'm on Um, And the cool part about it was the character that I played as a dispatcher. And my mother is, an, she was, she retired as a 911 dispatcher. Oh. So, like when I took a picture in the uniform and stuff, I sent it to my mom. I was like, I look like you. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever step back and reflect on like these 
kind of historic uh, things that you're getting to do. Like I bet elementary is, is so groundbreaking in, in ways only fans TV, this com these comedy specials is, is groundbreaking comedy central, you know, being able to do a special with comedy central is like, you know, that's a point of pride for, for people. I mean, do you, do you allow yourself to reflect that all of this hard work that you've done has allowed you to be, you know, with these really cool accomplishments? I, I, um, I have to remind myself to like live in the moment sometimes because I'm very much forward thinking. So once something's done, I'm like, what's next? Yeah. Yeah. Like that was cool. What's next? But, um, I definitely try to like live in gratitude. I have my, I have my moments. I have my moments. <laughs> dang this is crazy I said I was gonna do this and I'm really doing this this is wild that's crazy (laughs) so Uh, I definitely have those moments okay I I am very much uh right with you I I don't I don't sit and reflect I just you know what's next what's next forward looking um so you must know whatever is is next that's that's on your horizon is there anything that's that's next that you can share with with your fans um, yeah, so a couple weeks ago, I was uh, flown out to Vegas. They are rebooting Comic View, BT's Comic View, nice. um, where like people, Samora was discovered, uh, you know, Bruce Bruce was on there, Kevin Hart was on there, Mike Epps was on there, um, um, Bernie Mac, those, all those people were on Comic View. Um, and so Kevin Hart, is executive producing it and Mike Epps is hosting it. And yeah, they, they called and said, does Brandy want to do this? Uh-huh. And Brandy said, yes. <laughs> so I will be on the reboot of comic view. And I'm really excited for that because I feel like, especially for like people my age and just like a little older, it's a very nostalgic thing. And I feel like there's not a lot of platforms for just like black comedians to be showcased, like specifically us. Yeah. So, um, like Mike Epps said during my taping, he was like, this is where you got your household names. This is where like the Monique's came from. This is where the Adele Givens came from. These these are where they came from. Yeah. And so I'm really happy. They they did not pick a lot of females and I was one of them and I, I am ready for the world to see. And so, you know, we're just going to go from there. I'm ready. Uh, and another- then I'm touring right now. I'm headlining my own shows right now. And so that's, uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is Austin going to see you or has Austin seen you? you Austin has seen me. I um, actually filmed that Comedy Central feature in Austin. That was my first time there. Loved it. And then I went, I did Afrotech last November in Austin. Loved that as well. Um, But definitely want to come back. I'll be in Dallas at the end of August, but I do want to do a Texas run and get back to Austin. They have really good food. The weather's great. (laughs) Um, yeah, I like Austin. I got a couple people out there too. So I'm like, yeah. Well, hopefully you'll, you'll be here for. I want to go there and do like a whole like run, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, Houston between. Well, I mean, just specifically in Austin, like I like to go to the cities and just like, you know, I don't want to do one night. I want to like hang around. What y'all doing? Where y'all at? What's, you know, what's the comedy scene like out here? So just like, I'm headlining New York, uh, wine cellar, August 12th. And I'm spending a week in New York, just kind of kick around, you know. Oh, like yeah. the city you didn't, didn't like that much, huh? The city you didn't like enough to live there, but you know what? I did not like New York until I started getting flown out by a a, a network. 
<laughs> and it's a different experience. You get black car service. You ain't got to deal with the train. They put you up in a nice high rise, you know. But like me on my own budget, no, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that is the way to do it. Nice. Yeah, no, you can tell. I mean, there's so many clubs here in Austin now that it's, you know, e easy to to get picked. And Helium is is you know, has the Cap City Comedy Club. And then of course there's there's Rogan's Mothership Club is the, those, those, I'd say the second biggest club. But, you know, maybe you're, you're ready for the theater shows now. You know, I the mean, who knows? I do not limit myself. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, it's a, it's a big comedy scene. So you, you, you need to, to get your, uh, your manager, publicist on it. Get them, yeah. book, them to book you. I got to come when it's not so hot, but I'm okay. Oh, like November is good October, for me. October, yeah. November is safe. November to March. You're generally yeah. safe. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been spectacular. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want people to know about you? Um, mm -mm, that's it. That's about it. I think I, think I spilled all the beans. <laughs> You're very forthcoming with me. I appreciate it. Thank uh, you. I have a uh, closing question that pairs with my my icebreaker from earlier, and that is one word to describe your future. Mm. Like literally, I didn't even think of, of like the first word that popped into my head and I didn't even think about this, but I was going to skip over it, but I'm going to just say it. it's prominent. That was the first word that popped into my head, like literally when you said that. Yeah. No, you're, you're definitely, all, you've, you've laid out all the cards, you've made your plans, you've You've chased, chased your dream. It's, yeah, it's, 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 um, I just feel like, um, and I hate to be like, I'm, I'm a super like person who like, uh, believes in like, you attract the things that you are. Mm -hmm. And so like, for me, it's just, if it, if it doesn't work out this way, it'll work out in a way that's better for me, you know? So I never get down in the dumps or anything like that. When people ask me for comedy advice, it's, it's such a weird thing to me. I don't give it to them. And then it's like, it's like, well, why? I'm like, if you ask me about a specific thing, like how do you get into college? How do you get into that? But they're like, oh, I'm a new comedian. You got any advice? Like, no, I don't, because I didn't take any advice. I just did the shit that felt good. If it didn't feel good, I didn't do it. And so I don't, I don't give people advice because I know that everybody's route is different. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham presents Brandy Denise. Tell us where we can find you on social media and your upcoming projects. You can find me on OnlyFans at Brandy Denise Comedy. You can also find me on Instagram at Brandy Denise Boyd. Okay, great. Well, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how Brandy Denise got to be the comedic genius. Can I say it? You can say that. That's <laughs> that you heard today just as much as I have. This has been Comedy Wham Presents Brandy Denise. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you, Valerie.